Welcome to Wizard Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi everyone, it's Bayana, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, we are reading Amari and the Night Brothers by B.B. Austin, and today we're discussing Chapter 24. Um, but previously on chapter 23, um, so there's a hybrid attack that attacked mo- uh, most of the legacy families. There were casualties and injuries, um, but the Van Helsings, other than like a few injuries, have come out unscathed. Um, Lara, after this, remains a bully. Ooh, don't like, she? There's no come to, you know... <laughs> Has never known to not being a bully. What is no, that? She remains a bully. Um, but we get to go to the Department of Good Fortunes and Bad Omens and meet Director Horace, um, who is delightful. And we see Amari's past and future. Um, in this, we kind of um, learn that the Bureau and Amari have a common enemy. It's this two-headed snake that represents a magician. The assumption is that it's Moreau and his apprentice, but that's an assumption because Horace and the rest of the uh, directors haven't fully figured out the full scope of the threat. Um, But because of that, um, Horace kind of sees that, like, rather than being um, ostracized, like, Amari needs to be protected um, from these, you know, magician enemies. Um, so she gets to stay and that's where we left. Oh, oh. And also, um, Amari gets to ask about, um, Quentin, like what Quentin went to Horace to talk about. And Horace explains that he declined to answer the question because it wasn't about Quentin's personal fate. It was about Maria's. But the question that Quentin asked was if Maria would ever betray the Bureau. And that's where we left. Can I just say, <clears throat> I was very upset because I love that chapter and y'all were recording it and I was stuck in an airport and it just felt like, and then I had to come back and, and like edit it. And I was like, this is unfair. This is such a good chapter. And like so much happens mm-hmm. and you have like a lot of like setup and world building, but also, and I think you guys mentioned this, so I'm just kind of like regurgitating what you already said, but like also just like a lot of like reaffirming of Amari and like helping to bolster her and like reassure her and um, Horace and the Department of Bad Omens and Good Vibes. I don't know if that's not the name of it, but I can't remember right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But like, that is just like such a, I mean, So, of the departments that we've really seen, right, we have, like, Amari's crappy department with those crappy children in the Bureau of Investigations and their crappy director. And then you have Elsie and her, I mean, if you're into that cool department with, like, constant vigilance, and can we please stop it with the goddamn drones and the AI, please? No. No thank you. No thank you. This was the first department where I was like, okay, I I could actually be a part of the supernatural world. This is tight. This I understand. Yeah. <laughs> and it, that has something to do with the fact that they wake up at night. Instead of I mean, in the, the whole thing. I was like, okay, this, this, is, this is where I belong. This yeah. is the first time um, reading in the book that I'm like, oh, I would actually like to be a part of this world. Speaking of, um, we asked a question of whether because at the department of good fortunes and bad omens um like the dress code is that you can wear whatever makes you happiest um so we asked y'all what would you wear that would make you happiest if you worked in this uh department um we got a couple answers so at sparkly snarkery on uh twitter said if money's no object um, they'd be in Heaven Gaia, Guo Pei, Van Herpen, and McQueen all the time, which is like, yes, high fashion. Let's do it. Um, Hal H. Allen said tennis shoes, jeans, shorts, or sweatpants, comic book, graphic tee. That's great. Like, you know, low key casual wear. Yeah. 
Um, I personally said what I'm currently wearing, and that's an Udi because it's very comfortable. It's a blanket and a hoodie. And and I said what if I'm if it's cold, what I'm currently wearing, but a little bit different. Where I was like, <laughs> it would be a coordinated sweat suit, but it would have like the actual like galaxy and be moving around like the the pattern was mm, that was the only like kind of magical part of it but it yeah. would still be what i'm like my udis would definitely be like different each time it would like, be like I a mood udi like, oh my god avocado. it's like one udi because you get to break yes. it in because there's something to like i have not fully broken my udi in the the sleeves are too tight the the sleeve thingy oh yeah definitely so you gotta break it in <laughs> right bad. so it's the same like once yeah. you break in your udi but then the pattern changes with your mood or whatever mm-hmm. i love it i mess with that because mm-hmm. i'm like i'm very like i like i don't know i just like comfort comfort and so that's the it's the coziest thing i could think of <laughs> and every time i put on my udi i'm like this is great i love it here I think for me, like I'm, I'm putting together a collage because I'm like, I need a mood board to pull together this outfit or outfits. Because I'm like, if it's if it's changing every time, like my happy, like what makes me happy on any given day always changes. So like, of course, I'm gonna have like multiple fits. Um, but I feel like a definite fit would be, like, like it looks frou frou, like it looks like a high collar. It looks like it's a lot of like um lace stuff going on in the chest it looks like it's giving like gibson girl but it feels super comfortable and it's like velvet it's like 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 the velvet dark with like sparkles on it something that like it would have to sparkle that's my main criteria sparkles and softness and i think that would be really happy and yeah. the ability to move without being restricted. Like, my yeah. arms can't be restricted and my legs can't be restricted. And I'll be great, mm-hmm. honestly. So, let's get into this chapter. Amari wakes up early the next morning and goes to, like, wait for Dylan because they're Vanquish 2.0 and they share information. Um, so, uh, he, so, she's, like, waiting um, and as she does, there's a group of junior record keepers um, that are shooting her nasty looks and muttering about unfair badges and stupid magicians because, you know, we're still Haters in this place gonna hate people. Me. I'm like, go keep some records. Chase the bag. Also, like, what's that got to do? I think Amari kind of mentions this when she was thinking about, I think it's in the last chapter when she was like psyching herself up to come back to the bureau. Um mm-hmm. About believing in herself and being like, no, I was, I, like, telling her mom, I guess, like, she was, like, the leader of the class and stuff like that. And so this made me so mad because it's, like, people who don't deserve to be here. It's, like, did you, did you come in first in the the first first trial? Right. Like, if she had, like, you know, came back, but she was, like, last in the trial or, you know what I mean? But, like, nah. She deserves to be shut up. The thing is, is like they're not even in that department. <laughs> yep. So it's also like, again, mind your business. Like <laughs> this is nothing to do with you. They're just tight because they're the record keepers, and she's the one who's breaking yeah. records. Okay. And they can't. Uh, take. She's busting the curve. She's the curve breaker. Mm-hmm. They're just there's like documenting it all while she's over there actually accomplishing the things. Yeah. Hayden from outside the club. Mm -hmm. uh so um when dylan when dylan does like come out she takes him to the library he's like can't talk here we need to go to the library which i love the library is i guess the the uh (laughs) meetup just the yeah like the what's the word like incognito like if, if you need to pass on some information Rendezvous. yeah yeah like if you need to pass on information that's sensitive you know go to the library um maybe they have like rooms that are like you know soundproof or whatever i don't know um so they go into a study room and amari explains how she was casting the constellations with horace and asked about um quentin's meeting um, and so then she explains about the um, about like the question about Maria. Um, Dylan is 
stunned. He's uh and Amari's like, You said it yourself, they weren't getting along anymore. They were splitting up. What if Quentin realized she was keeping secrets from him? Maria is a magician. What if she accepted Moreau's offer to join them? Um, Dylan looks is hurt um, and is like, you think my sister's a traitor? And Amari's like, I don't know, but there has to be a reason for my brother to go back behind her back like that. So this is kind of a moment where now I have thoughts, but they're spoiler thoughts. Mm-hmm. So we might have to do another... Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, for we me, might have to do another... Um... What I was thinking that I don't think is a spoiler... Um... Was just that, like, yeah. Quentin found out that she was a magician. You know? Right. In the same way that, yeah, like, probably. people reacted to Amari and, like, how people believe or think about magicians um, in this world. Like, Quentin's not immune to that. He also comes from outside of the world, mm-hmm. too. So he, and, like, he went head-to-head with a Moreau brother, like, just finding out that she's a magician is probably enough for him to be like, yo, you know? I'm a rogue brother might have outed yeah. her just to I think, uh, so discord. Yeah. And also the question wasn't like, what's Maria gonna do it's next? Like, it was literally she... like, will she ever betray the Bureau? And not like, has she? Yeah. You know what I mean? There's So I also mm-hmm. think that Amari is getting a little ahead of herself too because the question wasn't like asked or answered in a way that mm-hmm. is definitive that Maria is um Moreau's apprentice is it Amari getting ahead of herself or is it Dylan who automatically is jumping to your I think it's I I think think it's it's both because when because when Dylan says you're you think my sister's a traitor Amari doesn't say no (laughs) you know what I mean so why would she but yeah but I'm saying like she but I'm saying she doesn't say no or yes is what I'm saying like she doesn't say but she's like you know there has to be a reason so it's not that she's definitively definitively saying that marie that maria is a traitor and like but she's not not saying it um she's not not saying it so that's what i'm but also it's like i think it's also the way that she's we don't completely see the way that she's telling him because it just says like i tell him which makes sense because we already got the information we don't need to reread it um as far as like you know craft goes or whatever but um yeah it's 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 one of those where like Amari is, I think she is kind of jumping to the conclusion a little, but she, I think, is also still open to, like, that not being the case. Yeah. Like, I don't think she's 100% going off of the idea that Maria is the person, but. She's like, I'm open to the possibility. Yeah, like, she's on the list of suspects yeah. now. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on a list that there aren't actually that many suspects, so she might a list of suspects at this point which again makes it seem like that's all that she and to be fair Uh, neither of them have like tried like have made a point of their mission to be like identifying the apprentice like they've their point has been trying to find their siblings and like if they figure out who the apprentice is along the way sure but they haven't like really made that like a component of their mission at all right um so Dylan is like, he's ready to go. But then Amari goes, uh, that's not all. Director Horace knows about you being a magician. Which this one, I'm just like, ma'am, you got to get your... Uh... That was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> like, it was a lot. And also, like, you ha- phrasing is important. Like, that was giving Mia from uh, Potomac. It was right, giving... Like, just, like, that's low-key a lot, but okay. It did stop a minute. Like, so homegirl said that she said, and I'm like, that's not what she yeah. said. That's not what she said. So then she's like, I shouldn't have said it like that. I just meant that he knows there's a magician who wants to protect me. Um, and so Dylan's like, of course I'd have your back. That's what partners do. That's why it doesn't make sense for Quentin to think my sister would ever. And then he's like, let me prove it. Okay. You keep looking into what Quentin was up to. I'll show you my sister wasn't a traitor. Um, and so... Yeah, so they so they kind of are coming back into like back to like tenuous partnership at this point. Um, and but when also when Amari explains that she didn't like tell Horace either who the magician was or that she even knew about a magician trying to protect her, um, he's like a little less angry. Um, and yeah so he's like you kept my secret and she says you should tell people when you're ready um and thinks that it's a choice that she wishes someone had given her 
surprise shows on Dylan's face and he flushes. Thanks. And that's worry in that section. I do think like obviously we've we've established like Dylan has some questionable morals. Uh what's the word? And not like actions. <laughs> like yes morals but he's like he's 12 um like he's definitely has some questionable actions and like things that he's done up to this point i do think he genuinely like you know he's this kid who's grown up as a magician as a secret magician in a family that hates them and so i think they've talked about like not knowing or like not having genuine connections with people um and so it's really clear here and then like just through the chapter like he's actually forging this genuine connection with Amari whether like how he goes about that or how he like what's the word how he lets that affect like his actions or whatever is still up in the air but like I do believe that he genuinely like has this connection with her um because it's like clear like the way that she treats him is how he know others how he knows like others would not you know like knowing what they know about him um yeah and i mean i think we kind of talked about this a little bit too just about like the differences of expectations i guess is probably the best way to say that like dylan has all of these like, Dylan and Amari both have a bunch of, like, expectations on them from outside people beyond Amari's, like, immediate family and her, like, neighborhood, like, Jaden and her mom and Quentin. Those expectations are usually pretty negative, right? Like, considering where you come from and, like, Jefferson Academy mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. Um, and people are expecting her to fail and she's used to trying to, like, prove them wrong. Dylan has the opposite problem it's still a problem um, which is like people expecting him to succeed, expecting things to come easy to him, expecting him to do, you know, to be a Van Helsing TM. Like, you know, there's like a lot of like weight that comes in, um, in, in being a part of a family like that. And I think that, one thing that they do give each other is a is the room and the space to just be, you know? Um, obviously, you know, Dylan's like, wants to show off all of his tech magic and, and wants her to be really impressed by his magician, like what he knows in like, magicianship mm-hmm. and stuff. But there's no, you know, and, and I think Amari does, I I don't know if she ever says it like out loud, but like, I think she does is like, you know, I wish that like, I wasn't in this alone. And like, if you told people you were a magician, we'd be in this, you know, together or whatever. Like no one, mm-hmm. no one's treating you the way that I'm being treated because no one knows. Right. Um, but she doesn't mm-hmm. put that pressure on him to, to do that. Right. So they can kind of rely on like each of them knowing who the other person is without feeling like they have to to perform or do or prove them prove themselves with each other and I think that that's like for the most part a good thing (laughs) then they're 12 but like you know that's like one thing I also noticed is that like um in this instance Dylan like he's someone who and we get into this later, I think actually next chapter, but like um, he is been, he's been tutored. He has older siblings. He has Maria as an older sibling. He has Lars, a twin, and she's more like gregarious than him, like always like in people's faces and like doing stuff. And I think that for him, like Amari is the first time that he's being listened to as like the expert in something or someone who like mm. can give counsel to something. And it, it changes like their relationship is built on something that he's never had with anyone before because he's never had to be like a guide or a model for anyone before. So he looks at it a different way than he looks at different relationships that he has with people. So I think he holds that in that kind of a different regard than he has uh, with other people. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot about like whenever you're 12 and you don't have a lot of like um, times where that happens to you, where you're the person who's like guiding someone else. So like it, it does feel very special to you that you are the person who's helping someone else out as like their guide or yeah. model or whatever. You see this all the time. I've like noticed this um, with all the like little children in my life now. Um, when they are like engaging with people who are actually younger than them, like Aninata and her little brothers, like all of a sudden, like you're so used to being shepherded or whatever. And then it's like, oh, no, wait, someone's yeah. looking up to me. I'm like, oh, I'm. I gotta do something yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. It does change yeah. your like perspective on things. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stumbling. <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah. There's a lot of people being like, yo, what are you doing? Like, don't forget. Like, <laughs> He's like, oh, my bad. I gave you like, a book. And my my stupid sister came in and kept you from being able to use it. Let me tell her to chill out real quick. I got right. you. Like, hold up. Let's. So, yeah, that's definitely that's super real. So now that training is restarted, it's time to learn stun sticks. Um, so they're like in class. Magnus is uh, holding up this metal rod that almost looks like a really fancy pin. Um, so the first thing to know is that stun sticks are for self-defense only. Once you make junior agent, um, you and your partner will be assigned a senior or special agent. Wherever that agent goes, you go. Needless to say, things can get a little hairy when you're out fighting crime. Um, so these stun sticks have the power to down an eight-foot Yeti mid-pounce. Um, then you go have the Yeti mafia so- after you. So. Man, oh my gosh! I can't. Is it this chapter? Sasquatch Mafia. The Yetis are no joke. I don't know if it's this chapter or the next one, but I definitely this, had a this chapter. Like, no, oh, it is. I think it's this chapter, and I was like, yeah, "Hey, yo!" Like they, like they squatted <laughs> up. Serious. Like they're serious business. Um, so, um, he asks like for a volunteer. Kirsten, who does not know how to mind her business, volunteers Amari, which. Magnus goes up to Amari and is like, that's so. But I, if some kid would have volunteered somebody else and you know that there's like that dynamic of like bullying. I'm like, oh, so you had volunteered yourself. Thanks, Kirsten. (laughs) Yeah, I've been like, step right up, Kirsten. Like, let's go. Um, I think the way that um, that he handles it here, it like, because I think Kirsten was trying to like set her up in one way and he was like, nah, we're going to do something different. Right. I think he, yeah, I think he, the way it like ends up happening is fine. But I just know yeah. me. <laughs> like a, I immediately would have been like, all right, come on. Let's go, Kirsten. Since you want to be raising hands. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Amari is like, sure, I'll volunteer. Um, and then Magnus offers her the stunt stick um, because he wants her to zap him. Um, so Amari is like, you know great vindication from when y'all when he teased them about their sky sprint technique the last week um so she holds it out in front of her presses the button magnus goes stiff as a board his thick arms clapped against his sides he bursts into loud guffawing laughter um so i had a question about this in the previous chapter yeah we find out that magnus's special ability is like basically like oh yeah still i have that question too yeah like but i had that question in that like when i read stun sticks initially i think like yeah but this is different than that but also like he can if he can control it he can control when it is active okay okay because this is where my question was going and it's i've been reading a lot of spicy books and stuff but like if he could control like even if it felt good <laughs> even if it was like or you know stun is in like i guess this one is like you kind of like seize up a little bit like does does nothing penetrate him right you know i think if we think about i was thinking when i, I first read i was thinking like oh homeboy's bulletproof but like there's also like a ton of yeah. sensations and stuff and like cold water, like you know, freezing water, like super hot, like flame mm-hmm. or whatever, like. So, yeah, because. Yeah, I think for like how, how the way that they describe the different abilities, like you have to have like a level of like 
experience with your ability like to make it like work like, it doesn't just auto work all the time like it can but like it doesn't like all, like you have to like build up your own kind of like um tolerance or like um endurance and using your ability so i could see it being something where he just like he knew for the like purpose of the demonstration like oh let me like not have my active like um Armor anti skin going on right now yeah um so amari's confused and then she touches the stun stick to her own arm which girl never would be me <laughs> I'm like, never that curious. Just wait for the explanation. Why are you like, huh? That's weird. I'm gonna stun myself, girl. Please, ma'am. <laughs> like, Child, what? But both her arms. She's in the right department for sure. Because right. that would, on, I would never. Girl, who would do that? Why would you do? Be that? for um, real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her arms snap to her sides. It's a like. It's a lot like one of those bear hugs she used to get from her great aunt at Thanksgiving. A few seconds later, she gets the sensation of being tickled at the bottoms of her feet. Um, so I like that. That's like, it's a lot less uh, violent than the the name, like, kind of connotes, but uh, yeah. It's also, like, one of those um, things, I think uh, Portia, you talked about, like, when um, they were looking at the spell book, and that like blinding solace spell, how that could be used for self-defense or if you blind someone, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those like reminders that like that is actually could be effective in combat without being lethal or painful. Right. It does what it needs to do. And that's a real, and what's real, even realer about that is the fact that like, there's nothing that honestly tells us that we couldn't build that technology as like non-magical people mm. this day. The fact that we've chosen lethal and or painful weaponry instead of like investing in figuring out things that are just like inhibit people from action perhaps, or just like, like we haven't actually done that. Like, can you like imagine how many people, um, if it like the tasing sensation was actually like, a tickle, like you could probably make that happen. Like we have like uh period cramp simulators mm-hmm. and like, that's the thing. So, like, why couldn't we figure out, like, a tickling sensation to, like, or an itch or something maybe that's, like, a very distracting itch, you know? And it's not, like, something that's, like, just, like, taking someone out and, like, people who have, like, pacemakers and stuff are going to be, like, you know, in trouble because it's going to, like, you know, F up with their bodies. Like, it's literally something that is not so um, invasive and, like, potentially lethal and or just, like, extremely yeah, painful. Yeah, but, like, still does, like, the if the goal is to incapacitate someone, this is, it's doing that. It's just not doing it in a way that, like, is going to cause, like, trauma. <laughs> like, lasting trauma or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, as humane yeah. as possible. That's very smart. She gets a sensation of being tickled on the bottoms of both of her feet. We pass the stun stick around the room and let each trainee experience what it feels like. The stun stick works in two ways, says Magnus. First, it immobilizes your opponent, preventing them from attacking. Second, it can lessen whatever ill will your opponent bears you with laughter. At the finale, you will duel against one another in pairs using sky sprints and stun sticks. So go ahead and get your sky sprints on. Um, I So I like this idea too. So what we were talking about, about it, like not having to be traumatic or not having it be kind of like violent. It's like it lessens the ill will your opponent bears you with laughter. It's like, it's so true. Like if you're in like a tense situation and then something funny happens, it does like talk about like de-escalation. Like there's nothing like more that de-escalates something yeah. better than like a good laugh. You're like, all right, maybe we ain't got to It's fight. like when I used to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. When I used to get in trouble, like me and my siblings got in trouble as kids. Um, my dad would always crack jokes like toward the end of getting flashed on he would start like cracking jokes and it's like weird because at first you're like am I supposed to laugh because I was just getting yelled at but like is that but it does like dissolve the yeah. tension um it's just like one of those yeah. things too where it's like um shout out to BB Austin and maybe like uh some police departments or something can hire him for actual de-escalation techniques because <laughs> like like oh yeah this is very much a realistic solution that just doesn't happen to be mm-hmm. traumatic. But also like, and then it's like, I like, honestly, yes, I can be mad at someone who's like tying me up 
and taking me somewhere. Um, but I feel like if you like, like in real life, whenever someone cracks a joke after something crappy happens, um, I tend to like have less like animus towards mm-hmm. them. Like I'm like more likely to like like listen to them possibly. Like, okay, I'll hear out your side of why you're doing this thing that I think is awful, but I may not agree yeah, with it's you. Not, but I will probably it's hear not you completely like removing or solving the conflict. It's just putting you in a better frame of mind to do to like work mm-hmm. through it without it being um yeah, like confrontational, you know, like, or I mean, yeah, just in a better frame of mind to like actually problem solve as opposed to like, oh no, we just fighting. Because there are times when you get like so mm-hmm. emotional and you're like, I just want to fight, like, you know, or I just want to argue, and it's like I'm not even hearing what you're saying because like I am in my head being like, I got points to make, I got things to get off mm-hmm. my chest. Whereas you're like, okay, no, now I'm in the headspace where it's like, I actually do want to, I actually want to hear and understand your point of view. And like, we can actually have a dialogue. It's not saying that you're going to like agree, but you're getting to the space where you can have like a constructive, you know, dialogue basically. Encounter. And usually I feel like the person who is like making the joke is like trying to joke about it or whatever, or trying to lighten a mood, then you know that like even if you you think you're because I feel like most of the time whenever I'm like being argumentative, like it I feel like both of us are in the same place, like we're both arguing. But if you're not serious, then like maybe I shouldn't be serious either. Like maybe we should both, maybe yeah. we're fine. Maybe I I took it the wrong way and we both are just chilling. And then like that helps. Unless I'm really annoyed at you. And I'm like, oh, so you laughing? <laughs> oh, so it's funny. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> um, so they go to get their sky sprints. Um, but then Dylan calls Amari over. They're, they're still kind of on... I don't know, what's the word? Like... They're, they haven't really talked since the Maria might be a traitor situation, so they're still, like, in a tenuous kind a of... Bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it turns out that he got her some uh, Dubois Sky Sprints. Um, the designer brand, okay? This, yeah. In a velvety box, you know. The tag reads, Dead but Dazzling Collection. <laughs> Which I... I don't completely know what that means, but it is provocative. <laughs> like the fact that it says that the Gets white the people go ghostly shimmer. I'm yeah. like, go- I'm like, exactly. ghost- <laughs> first off, ghostly shimmer. I'm like, what is that? And then two, yeah. I was like, just now, whenever I saw, because I, when I first read it, I was like, what is that? And then just now, as I saw it, I don't know why, but I got like ghostly summer, like hot girl summer, but ghost. Mm. When he said deadly. Yeah, um, but da- yeah, and, but like dead but dazzling. Like, is it like giving like Wednesday but twerking? Like, what are we? Doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, they're tight, and uh, it's really funny. Dylan, sorry, this um, again, like we talked about, like Dylan not really having real friends, but also the like environment that he grew up in, where he his like showing a friendship is to buy her these expensive sky sprints when we also found out earlier that like the the ones that are provided like they're not cute but they are just as effective like they don't there's not like a a quality imbalance right so it's like Mm -hmm. thank you but also but they're probably but like didn't they mention like an odor like they're like like bowling shoes kind of thing like gotta hope someone sprayed them suckers down like it's just like a yeah unappealing yeah outside yeah. of just like being dusty like just generally unappealing kind of vibes for the general for the regular ones and he's like upgrading her with her own special set of like limited edition designer mm-hmm. sky friends still yeah. not from the collection that vanquish got which i know Quentin, the thing is is like better having- have some- Having forgotten about this part, I when it first saw it, I was like, did he get her the Eric Vanquishes? But then I was like, oh yeah, no, he couldn't even get those. I'm really hoping whenever Quentin like is able to come back into the story or whenever he um is shows up, 
that he's like, hey, I got a vault and I got some stuff to set aside for you, right. including these vanquish. It's really <laughs> not fair. Dish- <laughs> <laughs> um, so Amari, you know, so Dylan kind of plays it off because he is still like kind of upset. So he plays it off as it being like, oh, it's just because we're partners or whatever. I don't want you to bring me down, even though it's really because he feel on you. He's there. He's her friend. He, yeah, he he wants to be friends. Um, and Amari is kind of also wishing that things could go back to normal and is hoping that Maria isn't actually a traitor so that they could be friends again without the awkwardness. Um, but yeah, so over the next week, they're basically like hybrid attacks are happening all over the place. Um, Elsie says the only reason they haven't canceled summer training is because the bureau headquarters is probably the safest place for them to be. Which I've heard that before, but also I do kind of get it. And like, if, if, if like people's homes are being attacked, like it's like, no, let's not send you home yeah, to be attacked, you know? Um, but also like, is us, does us mean everyone? Because clearly Amar, like, it's so sad because like, where is safe for Amari? Because she can't even go back to her actual life because who knows what would be after her with limited security measures that she has at her home. Yeah. However, she's not discriminated against outside of what she's usually discriminated against for mm-hmm. at home. Whereas here people are putting up hate, like yeah. hate criming her in her own dorm room. So I just, what does safe mean for Amari Peters? I don't think they just mean safe from the hybrids. Boo. <laughs> it's like, that's as much as we can do. <laughs> Other than that, you're on your own. Um, so yeah, so the days are pretty busy trying to study for the finale, figure out more about Moreau, um, KH, who is the other person Quentin is supposed to meet with in the Black Book. Elsie's um, also doing her part, doing all the uh, research and stuff. And um, on the days that Amari misses Quentin most, they spend uh, the last few minutes before Carefew looking at old magazines about Vanquish. And on better days, she's Elsie's guinea pig for whatever invention that she's working on. Um, or she there, she's helping her practice her magic. So it, they're just, they're, you know, it's like There's a friend training research mm-hmm. montage. Exactly. I love it. It's like, it's like the, it's like, I'm imagining like an aesthetic, like TikTok that's just like flashes of a day in the life of out. me and my best friend at the bureau. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> As you know, VNC is a collective of nerds. While we can only make so much content in a year, we still have so many shows, books, games, and other media we want to discuss. That's where our fandom functions come in. Once a month, members of the collective come together to discuss a fun, nerdy topic with our BNC bodies. Want to hang out with us and talk about topics spanning from Star Trek to anime? Support us on Patreon at any tier by going to patreon.com slash blacknerdscreate and you can get access to our fandom functions. So Amari's getting better at painting illusions. She can even paint moving ones now, though those are tricky because you have to concentrate on making the movements look natural. Uh, The only downside is that she still has to keep Dylan's secret and so she can't tell Amari I mean she can't tell Elsie like where she got the the uh spell book from or how she learned how to paint illusions and that kind of thing so um it's like the kind of the thing that's a little bit marring is that like their relationship is that she has these secrets that she has to keep um I just like what what was it oh yeah the painting when I first read about painting moving illusions I took that as like the illusions themselves were moving and she was trying to paint them as they were moving and then I like had to get to the point where it's like to like concentrate to make the movements look natural it's like oh she's literally creating illusions that start to move after she paints like mm-hmm. animation but it'd be interesting if she does like if she if it was mm. both like she's like right. I create the thing and then I'm trying to make it come function as it's like working oh yeah okay. I get what you're saying it's possible um so now it's the week of the second tryout 
Um, Amari's on her way to the food court when um, Gemma, who's Elsie's lab partner, kind of like lets her know that um, Elsie wants to meet in the library. So Amari goes over. Um, it turns out, so Elsie has been like reading all these books, trying to find out stuff about the Black Book. Um, this is the last one that she has access to. She says, it's taken so much sucking up to director focus to get her to lend me Rasputin's directory of dangerous doodads and doohickeys, um, which I think is, he as would. far as titles go for like evil magicians, <laughs> this one is pretty silly. <laughs> but like he, cle- like if anyone would have a directory of dangerous doodads and doohickeys, it would be Rasputin. <laughs> like he would know. Right. It's very funny. Um, so it's the magician's handwritten notes. If there's nothing new about the black book in here, then they they kind of met a dead end. So they go through. Elsie scan, scans the entry for the black book, but there's nothing new. Um, Amari, like in trying to like cheer Elsie up, pulls out her spell book. Um, but then, as she's slipping the key into the lock, Elsie kind of has like an epiphany. And reopens the book, flips past the Black Book entry, and lands on a new page that reads The Black Key. Um, So it says, if only a spare few know about the Black Book, even fewer are aware of the key necessary to open it. After Vladimir's death, the Bureau of Supernatural Affairs was tasked with protecting the Black Book from Moreau and those magician apprentices who avoided capture. Not trusting humanity to possess both the Black Book and the Black Key, the inaugural Supernatural World Congress bestowed the black key upon an anonymous key holder whose duty it was to hide and protect it. This duty is to be passed down for generations with each new key holder honor bound to never reveal themselves. The black book and the black key are never to be brought together under any circumstances. Therefore the supernatural world Congress forbids the Bureau from ever seeking out the key for if it does, then it has broken its foremost oath and shall be forever dismantled. Its members immediately banished from the supernatural world. Uh, interesting that's intense it's also like it's, it's a reminder that i guess like humans um the way that we're thinking about them even though it feels like they have all of this power are actually just being granted entry into the supernatural world like they can be banished like they mm-hmm. like merlin in this world is not a human he's an elf correct um mm-hmm. and he's and he's the head of the, he's world, the, head of the Congress. world Congress. He's, not... he's the one that like magic the crystal ball to give to enhance the powers such as supernatural powers. And so I kind of do like that thought of it gives me a, it reminds me a little bit of like indigenous native peoples and like a treaty or something, but it um in which like the majority or whatever um is granted access to something in our world and like the colonialist world, they continuously like break those treaties or take advantage or whatever. And so I like the idea that in this world, there is kind of a fail safe, you know, like we let you do this. Like they've allowed them to amass a bit more power than I'm personally comfortable with, but there is kind of like a, we can banish you. Like we, you know, right. you are being like they—they they don't have unlimited. Yeah, power. yeah. Holy shit! I love in this that they—they they are not trusted. They're like, oh, we can't trust these humans. Like y'all can't be trusted with both the black book and the key. So it, I love that. Like whoever the key holder is, is probably definitely not a human. Like so, you can't—it can't be a usual suspect. Like in the bureau, it has to be someone, uh, like especially because they don't want the bureau itself to have it. So that means that it's pro- it's definitely an outside entity um, that holds the key. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we find out that that's what KH is, key holder. Um, that's what or who Vanquish found. Um, and then Amar's like, no wonder Moreau's apprentice went after my brother. If there really is some master plan to take the black book, they'll need the black key to open it. And Elsie is like, if anyone finds out about this, the entire bureau would be shut down for breaking its oath. Um, and 
Amari's like, okay, so then we don't tell anyone. And that includes Dylan um, at this point because she still isn't sure about Maria. Um, So now she's all keeping different secrets (laughs) from each of her. Everybody got got secrets. Everybody got secrets. She's holding them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Now that they're out of clues and the second tryout is only a couple days away, they kind of shift their focus for a bit so they can get through the tryouts. Um, a couple of times, Amari's kind of wanted to tell Dylan about uh, what what they found, but it seems like he's avoiding her. He's been pairing up with Lara during Sky Sprint training. Um, and so, there, yeah, things are just not great. Um Everybody is studying and practicing like crazy. Hardly anyone shows up for lunch. If not for Elsie, Amari would be right with them. But she, Elsie, who, you know, I love this for Amari and for everyone involved, um, doesn't believe in missing meals. And apparently that rule Except goes for, for the fact that she definitely caught up, like her friend Gemma interrupted Amari from going to the lunchroom. Yeah, but they probably went right after. I hope so. You know, because clearly Elsie is like, one time Priorities. I planned to skip lunch and... Elsie literally picked her up and carried her to the lunchroom, and I love that. I love that, like the like that's the priority. It's also like Amari, what are you doing? Like, take your book to the like, just have your book on the side. Yeah. If it's Eat. a messy lunch, I understand it. Like, if it's a messy yeah. lunch, I understand why you don't want to have a book beside you. But otherwise, just have the book. I'll post it up, and then just like you got magic, just flip a page, eat something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um. So. Yeah, okay, so they um, are eating, and Elsie is going on about a new flea grenade that the agent support division of the Department of Magical Science is working on, um, which is, that's where she wants to be uh, when she becomes a junior researcher, is to make cool gadgets for the agents, which honestly, that sounds fun. It's like Q from, like, James Bond, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where they just, like, have the get smells and gadgets. Also, um... What is the Spy Girls show? I try Totally Spies. Yeah, I love like the Totally mm-hmm. Spies like gadgets as well. Yeah, because I was like, I you'll need it, for this I mission. I kind of hate that so much of like these careers are revolving around law enforcement. I'm like, come yeah. on now, be more like take your adventure I think, to a more worthy cause. Yeah, and I think that that's like it's interesting because it's like on two things. It's like one, their main job is to keep like the unknown world separate and from like and secret from the known world and like the way that they approach that is through law enforcement which i feel like there may be a different way to do that um but also i don't know making gadgets is cool it's very much like a it's a kind of both and yeah situation because like she could just make cool gadgets in general but i don't know what the other researchers Mm -hmm. do in that department so maybe it's like there's no like that maybe that's the only like practical but i wonder if they're like it's like invention support like so they have like support division for the health department support division for the department mm-hmm. of good fortunes mm-hmm. and bad almonds like i'm like you know what i mean like i'm yeah. I, like are there other divisions like what does it have to go to the law enforcement people like i right. get the like like how cool it looks to we have like a really cool like gadget that like and I think is a like, lipstick but also a poison or whatever. Right. But, like, See, I was thinking of it, but oh. I think also with her being like a vanquished stand. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking like yeah, kind of make for sense. her for Elsie. It's more like I want to. I was also thinking about like um, Kim Possible, Man in the Chair, Wyatt, Wyatt. Uh, Wade, mm-hmm. thank you. I was like, why was wrong? Wade, uh, Ned for Spider-Man, like, um, and like you said, like, um, James Bond, like, I, I was thinking about, like, for Elsie now, like, claiming that, you know, or not, and I mean claiming as in, like, kind of owning the fact that, like, Amari and her are best friends, Amari is going to be an agent, then she's like, okay, I love inventing, but now, like, when she's thinking about her future, she's like, this is a way that me and Amari can still, like, work together, kind of, or, like, you know, work on the same things or have our own investigations. Like, I'm a part of what she's doing without actually having to be an investigator, because I don't want to do that. So, like, 
that's how I was thinking about it. And that's why I was like, oh, they're so cute. Because, like, you know, you kind of look at what your strengths are and then think about how you and your bestie can still grow together, even if you're not doing the exact same things. So, um, Elsie is talking about the flea grenade, which, um isn't as mean as it sounds, which is something we're just learning about all these gadgets. <laughs> um, the fleas tickle Yetis into submission, which works a lot of like how the stun stick does. Um, and so Amari kind of has a moment of just like being in awe of Elsie and like saying like, even if she thought she was doing well by ranking first in the previous child, that's nothing compared to how much the researchers love Elsie. She's the only trainee to be invited to director Focus's movie night for the intellectually inclined. Um, it says apparently they just sit around watching really boring documentaries that only geniuses would find entertaining. Um, <laughs> but also she's like, but she's she's like a smart so. Like, but I her. am a genius. Um, so right. Uh, so then Amari I feel bad asks, though because I also think um, that like why are you like keeping other trainees from going to a movie night like let the invite all the trainees why does it have to be selective but it's also like not surprising given how they just like the bureau elitist the whole institution is yeah yeah um so amari asks if the yetis are really as bad as everyone makes them seem elsie says they're the worst they think they own the whole forest they throw the most ridiculous tantrums some sports team just mentioned one of their forests as a possible spot to build a stadium and the the yetis proceeded to buy the team and trade away all the good players (laughs) um which is like a level of petty that i honestly i love (laughs) i think it's it's hilarious. It's they're like they're alert, for real. For real. But yeah, they're like no. <laughs> I also love like I was like you literally thought about it, and I literally told you to take that thought back and never again try me. Yeah, like, don't ever think. Not don't only ever. don't ever think. Like I'm no, I'm no longer giving you the platform and opportunity in which you yeah. think. Like oh, you brainstorming? Uh uh-uh. uh, can't have it. <laughs> we don't. We take don't do that. Option out of the storm. That's bad for the environment. <laughs> But I also kind of, like, love the idea of the Yetis just being, like, like we said, like, the whole purpose so f- that we see about the Bureau is to, like, keep the supernatural uh, secret. It also feels like, and the way that they do that is to, like, maintain some semblance of control on the Yetis. Like, the Yetis are the thing. <laughs> like, right. They're really the because they have all of this, like, money from this popular ice cooler company they own and like they they have the like capital and do you get the joke petty ice cooler did i the yeti um company of like um mugs and stuff like that like the um travel mugs the yetis oh oh i did not get it smart i didn't (laughs) (laughs) did not and they're really popular and expensive. So it's, it's one of those. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So it's just like, I, yeah, I love that. I love that they're that. And I love that it's like problem, giving but... indigenous rights yet, yet again. Like, dump mm-hmm. a forest? Like, not like a, like they weren't, they didn't mention like Yeti buildings. No, no, no. The forest. Yeti's like, we're not. You're not going to be developing any land. And the thing is, is like, they behavior elsewhere. Right. And I think it's hilarious because, like, they own the ice cooler company, but then they also have spinoffs. They got the dude, the realtor, who sells lairs and, like... That's Sasquatch. Oh, that's a Sasquatch. Okay. I'm like, they've just got... Maybe they're cousins or something. But, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I feel like they have similar moves. Sasquatch, Yetis, they kind of all Mm -hmm. have their, maybe their, uh, their lanes. They're, like... Maybe they have That's a coalition of like big forest dwellers, and they're like, "Yeah, you, if they come for your place, we got yeah, back you up corner, for you. you corner this mm-hmm. this section mm-hmm. of the market, and we got over here. And if we need to, like, yeah, because they're you like, know, you get the ice packs and stuff, and we get the forest, you know, you, yeah, you get the caves, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Dylan shows up and uh wants to talk to Amari 
he explains that he has a friend who heard it from another friend whose brother is a junior agent who walked in on Agent Fiona telling his dad about the second tryout being a treasure hunt inside the bureau. Um, part of me is like, did he just not overhear this? Because this is a lot mm. of like... <laughs> like, you didn't even tell me all that. Just like, just, no, like from a reasonable source, yeah. I found out. Um, and also though, I love that he said, it sounds so much like a 12-year-old. I A friend of a yeah, friend yeah. of a... Of a of a per- acquaintance my auntie <laughs> like i wanting to be yeah. specific about explaining a thing but also being like i don't i didn't need to know all that um agent fiona made it clear the only way to pass is to have a really good understanding of the bureau um amari is kind of like are you sure because lara thought she knew something the last time and she was completely wrong um but dylan says that was just my sister wanting to be the center of attention this is legit um all the agent trainees no but amari wasn't there so he came to find her um but what that really means is that she wasn't invited to this meeting um but amari's like thanks for telling me but i bet all the copies of the ins and outs and in between the borough are checked out by now um but dylan is like don't worry about it i have my own copy we can study together so um and he goes a little red. He's just having, like, he's been blushing. Like, every time he shows up, he's blushed, like, mm-hmm. ten times in this chapter. He gave her he gave her shoes, and he was like, ooh. He's, every time, he's he, just like, this is really weird. I've never had a friend before. Every time she thanks me, I feel like, oops, am I being, like, is this a real friendship? It's very But also, cute. she kind of, like, low-key called him cool, right? That like, too, like that's studying, what I mean. Like, like, he's just like, oh, this is. He's like, I'm getting compliments. Like, this Ooh, is weird. Uh, <laughs> I, I <laughs> um, so he says that he's been thinking and he knows that Amari only said what he said about Maria because that's where the investigation led her. Um, if the situation was reversed, he'd have done the same thing. But he asks her to keep an open mind um, and to treat his sister like she's innocent, innocent until they know for sure. Um, Amari agrees and then he smiles, hold up, holds out his fist and like Vanquish 2.0 is back at it again. And that's where we end this chapter. Can I say, I know that they're 12, and so I don't want it to be like shipping. This is like tugboating. This yeah. is the start of Dylan's like. They're very first cute. Push. He's like, I don't really know what to do with it. <laughs> but she says thank mm-hmm. you, or she smiles at me, and then I feel things that I don't understand. But all of a sudden, I'm blushing, and I wanted to keep going. And it's very cute. It's very yeah. cute. It's very cute. It is. I agree. Um. Okay, I think so. I had some 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 spoiler thoughts, so maybe mm-hmm. we can like talk about that uh in a second. And like for those of y'all listening, you can uh go to Patreon, and we will have it up for our baddies. To listen to our spoiler heavy quick convo <laughs> about this chapter. Um, but Patreon that, for the baddies. Yes. That song gets up in my head. Uh, the Steve Lacey song. Uh-huh. You, I think it's the time. I have not listened to Steve Lacey yet. I've tried like twice, and then both times I like was in a conversation with somebody until I couldn't actually listen to it. But I have it like on my phone, so soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the name of the title because I'm like I just sing it randomly because Darren and I will be just like singing it and mm-hmm. then I don't do I know the title of the song mm. can I just say that the Lakers are about to win mm. because of Austin Reeves and if they don't pay that boy if they don't pay him all the money he needs <laughs> as my mom calls him the a pure white boy which I think is hilarious she's like yeah, she'd be like we got a pure white boy like a like that's a hundred percent white boy I'm like good lord mother but also <laughs> We about to win this first game of the playoffs. Pay that man. Pay that little boy. <laughs> um. All right. So real quick, who is uh, MVP? Austin Reeves. Your MVP. Oh, you mean for the book? Austin Reeves. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I made Elsie my MVP, I think. And it's weird. I guess it would really be like Elsie and Amari. Like together. Mm-hmm. It's the unit. Yeah, and it's also, like, mm-hmm. one of those things. So I just had a bestie weekend. We got matching tattoos. It was all very cute. And there's something about, like, feeling 
feeling very comfortable and confident in your friendship and like working together. Um, and like, I just imagine like little 12 year old, I like when I read this, I, when I think of like Amari in my head is actually Aminata. I don't know. It's like a little Ami running around. But I remember thinking about her um, and her friendships and like when they go and they're like, oh, we're on a mission or we're, you know, they're playing together and you're just like, it's so cute. I want to die. So that is my MVP. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> the abundance of yeah. feels that I get when I read That's- them. Yeah. Being yes. friends. No, I agree. I think Elsie is, she's probably going to win this book. I don't like mm-hmm. just thinking of, I don't know. I have to look between at her and Amari. Like Amari yeah. is getting decent amount. I'd have to. I'd have to look at the spreadsheet again. But like Elsie's great, and like their friendship is great, and yeah, it's just fun to like read them both get that support and like them rooting for each other and helping each other and like all of that. It's great. I also made Elsie my MVP. All the reasons, um, but also like just wanted to point out how complimentary they are as friends. Like where um, Amari's like ready to skip meals, Elsie's like nah, we ain't playing that. Mm-hmm. Where Elsie is like you kind of like uh, was saying like she didn't do that this chapter, but in the past she has kind of like downplayed how good she is at stuff. And Amari be like, don't we play that? You are a genius. Let's not let's not play. Um, and Amari, as much as like her uh, mission is to find Quentin, um, and it could be very her and Quentin focused, um, Elsie has been like, no, your mission is my mission. And we are both trying to figure out this mystery and we're going to figure, I'll do whatever I can. I will ask, I will bug my professor until they let me get this very exclusive book. Like I will do whatever I can. Um, and I love that for them. Yeah. Agreed. Um... All right, benched. I said the the bureau kids as a whole, like including those junior agents and Lara and Kirsten, like they're just I'm not junior agents, the junior record keepers or whatever. Just like all of them need to sit down. Yeah. And also just mind their business. That's really like <laughs> as I was there were so many moments where I was like, don't you have some business to mind that has nothing to do with Amari? I Like, y'all have your own trials to study for. Like, why are you worried about her? Honestly. Um, I said Kelsey, which then made me realize that that girl's name is Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> Herdo. I was looking and it was like, who is Kirsten? Herdo. The one who voluntold Amari when this guy's my thing. Mm-hmm. Kirsten. Kirsten, Kelsey, Kaylee, mm-hmm. Kaylin, whatever. You, you know, know the her. type. You've met her. You had a couple of her in your school growing up. And the thing is, is that like at first before I put Laura, but it's actually like the Kirstens of the world are actually worse because Laura's a bully, fine. But like wanting to be a like wanting the bully's approval so much that you then go above and beyond to like extra bully so that you can I don't know. It just mm. live your like leave 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 us alone. Just be. Mm-hmm. Mind your own dang Thank business. You. Thank you. Find some business that is your and own. Mind it. And then maintain that business. Don't be swerving in my lane. Stay in your lane. Keep keep your own peace. Let me keep my peace. You keep your peace. We're good. For me, it was Dylan. And there are spoiler reasons, but I'm not going to use the spoiler reasons. The reasons I'm going to use is are more related to... Um, I'm also currently reading the second book in the Witchlings series. Oh, um, the Frog Games. That for Ami. Yeah, the Golden Frog Games. I'm liking it mostly I, so far. Yeah, I liked, um, I liked Witchlings a lot, but like also I buy them for her and then I just yeah read them. So I need to get it for her because I know she's excited about it. <laughs> so the Witchlings is also a middle grade series that takes place in a magical world. Um, and But in this one, there's like a multiple friends and friend groups that are going on. Um, and one of the things that's breaking this 
uh, like friend group apart currently that's given them a lot of like conflict and turmoil is the fact that like one of them like literally will not allow themselves to hear out like some concerns that the other ones have about someone that they're cozying up to. And while I get it's hard to like hear someone talk crap about someone, I about someone that you're close to and you're not supposed to like just take that. At the same time, I that's not how Amari came to Dylan with energy for Maria. And like I get that he was in his feelings, but I also feel like he let that carry on so much that he was like doing exercises and stuff without her with Lara who has been her bully this whole time and it's not called for like don't do that and so I just feel like he like while he is burgeoning like in learning like how to be a friend like he has done some unacceptable behavior for a friendship that has honestly keeps me from like being able to fully like him for being friends with Amari because I don't know like that he actually recognizes like how hurtful some of his actions could be to her while mm-hmm. also like being super like holding on so hard to what he felt like was Amari hurting him. Right. Like, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it works out. That's real. That's very real. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week for chapter 25. Wither Team is brought to you by Black Nerds Create. If you want to keep up with our other content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Twitter at blknerdscreate, at Yana Wrote It, at Robin with a Y underscore Rambles, and at Poor She Of. P O R S H E U H. Follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at Black Nerds Create. Subscribe to our monthly magical newsletter and don't forget to rate and review the show. Bye. 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 Um.